This week's episode is being sponsored by Little Lights on the Lane. Little Lights on the Lane is a wedding and event venue surrounded by the Cedars Edge Golf Course, 15 minutes from Iowa City in West Branch, Iowa. This business is women-owned, and they focus on creating intentional spaces and exceptional experiences. They understand the importance of slowing down and being present in the moments that fill us with light and love. Betsy and I are excited to be part of one of their upcoming events, a women's wellness retreat on May 6th from 9 to 4 p.m., where we will share the message of self-compassion with attendees. In life, we all need space and time to recharge the inner light that is in us. Spend the day learning, nourishing, and relaxing, surrounded by a community of women. Whether you're a young professional in search of your new self, a mother finding time for everyone but yourself, an empty nester navigating through this new phase of life, or someone in between, this event is for you. The day will be filled with yoga, mindfulness, self-care, and a panel of amazing women with passion for women's health and wellness. Come join us for a day that is all yours. Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tend her wild listeners. This is Betsy, and Kate and I today are going to talk about the heroine's journey. So, hi, Kate. Are hi, you ready Betsy. for this? I, I know we've both been on this. We have. And especially in this last year of recording all these podcasts on the wild woman archetype, it's been ever present this idea of Absolutely. the heroine and what it means. Yeah, I think uh, it feels very personal. But I also feel like there's almost a collective movement happening that yeah. will be fun to talk about because you've yeah. been working with women in this space. And um, I, I just, I was at a women's conference yesterday. I feel this energy happening with women really reconnecting with their feminine. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a great time. break down what that means. Yeah. yeah. So Joseph Campbell uh, was the one who coined the term the hero's journey. He wrote a book, uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, in, I think it was like 1949. Um, And he basically had looked at all the literature and all the myths and all the fairy tales and kind of came up with this model of what the hero goes through. And there's all these different phases. and, And it's really famous, like. Authors base their books on it, and tons of movies have been made. Fairy tales. Uh, fairy tale, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's really all in the world of literature. And then there was this really brilliant woman named Maureen Murdoch, who I definitely want to give props to, who was actually a student of Joseph Campbell's. And she was like, um, what Hello. about yeah. just um, your hand. What about the woman? <laughs> yeah. What if the woman's journey isn't like the hero, like the masculine who goes out and slays the dragons? Like what if her journey is different? And she bravely wrote a book called The Heroine's Journey, 
which um, I've been in the depths of for the last six months. I taught a class called Reclaim, where we really worked with the heroine's journey. So we thought today we'd sort of talk about what the heroine's journey is, what reclamation of the feminine looks like, how you and I have both been on that path, and maybe just little nuggets of encouragement for all of the listeners out there about how we do this. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's even something we do. I think it's just something that happens. We're sort of swept into it. We're initiated into it. And, but to have a little bit of a roadmap of what could happen or what that might look like or wherever you are in your heroine's journey, Mm -hmm. I think can be helpful. So you know that you're not alone. Right. It's really about awareness. Yeah. I think for me, that was the big wake up call. Like, wow, I'm really not connected to the feminine. Yeah. And then this desire to take steps to do that, which has been a real process, but also almost a daily effort because because it's not natural. It's not. I really feel that it is not natural for me, unfortunately. Like I feel like because so many years I've been in this masculine kind of push. Yeah. Well, let's start there because I think that is sort of the crux of it on the heroine's journey. Um, Essentially what Maureen Murdoch teaches and I think you and I have both experienced is that most women sort of detach from their feminine, their feminine instincts, which would be our intuition and our creativity and our flow and our sort of nonlinear movement. And we, we, our softness, our compassion, because to get ahead in the world, we sort of, we basically align with masculine energy, you know, power, work over effort Mm -hmm. action and so um we somehow forget this inherent feminine energy and i want to i guess at the start of this conversation we've talked about these topics a lot in this podcast but when we're talking about masculine and feminine here it has nothing to do with gender has nothing to do with sexuality it has to do with these deep sort of archetypal energies that we're mm-hmm. all carrying in every, however you identify, whether you identify as trans or mas- uh, man or woman, um, these energies of the masculine and the feminine in us are in everyone. Right. And what the heroine's journey is about is about like, can we learn to heal the imbalance so that we live from more of a place of balance between these two energies? I, I like to think of it as you're really at your best when you can leverage both energies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think it took me during my process. I was like, I just need to ditch the masculine. Like I'm done with that part of my life. Yeah. And what I realized is no, that I have to. It's beautiful. Right. The be, it's, it's, it's figuring out the best of both. It, it's, it's leaning into what both of them offer and reconnecting to both. Because they play off each other and they're yeah. both important and they're both important in all of us. Like you said, it's, and it's, so now I look at leaders and I'm really, I'm really in tune with like, wow, that leader is action oriented, but also empathetic, mm-hmm. right? There's a, a fierceness, but there's a softness in how they're presenting this. Yes. Like, and I feel like those are the kind of leaders I want to follow. Yeah. And so that for myself is what I want to, you know, embody more of. Um, and it's been, it's been very eye opening for me because, um, and I'm sure the people that went through your course, yeah. um, it is, 
it's not taught anywhere. Really. No, and it's a really um, hard, it's kind of hard concepts to grasp on some levels. So yeah, this course just ended, it was six months. It started at fall equinox, ended at spring equinox. And we did this whole reclamation of our inner feminine and we worked with the goddess energy and we worked with, you know, healing our toxic masculine energy and then kind of coming out as this new person essentially is what the last step of the heroine's journey is. She returned to life as a new person. What does that mean? And it's my own journey was, oh, I don't even have words. It was overwhelming. It was powerful. It was intense. It was eye-opening um, but to hear in this last week, so many people's experience of like, man, that was intense mm. and that really shifted me. Um, I think most people or many people really realized, yeah, I had disconnected from my feminine, from my body, from my instincts, from my intuition, from my compassion, from my forgiveness, from my capacity to be in the flow versus to have to have everything all figured out and arranged and, you know, put in neat boxes. And so it was nothing short of miraculous, I think, for so many people to kind of start to think in this way. So that is, you're right, like just thinking about it, just having the concept of, am I leading with more masculine or more feminine energy? What's the balance? What's my natural state? Is all really eye-opening mind bending mm -hmm. um, perspectives to begin to take. And I'm with you. Like I'm watching people experiences life in a different way with that curiosity about, well, what's the balance here? What's the balance between this feminine, soft, compassionate, intuitive energy with this more masculine action? And again, we could, I, I do want to say, we don't even have to call it masculine feminine because that trips people up big time. Even in the six month course at the end, people will still tripped up by it. Yeah. We could call it night and day, uh, light and dark, yin yang, you know, it's, it's, it's all, yeah, it's the duality. It's the duality and how we find balance between the two. And I'm so struck by the, how collectively the world needs the balance. Right oh, now. more than ever right now. So when you look at things, again, we've talked about this, but the, on the micro level and the macro level, on the individual level and the collective level, it's so needed. And it really does start individually. Yeah. That's what we have control over. But as more people move into this type of balanced living, hopefully, my hope is that there's a tip that we start to like... Yeah honor that balance. And, and, and there is a part of me, I know I sometimes go in this direction, but I think those feminine leadership qualities, we have to start embracing them. Mm -hmm. Whether they come in the form of a man or a woman, um, I think that's what's held back in our society, the ability to see women in leadership positions mm -hmm. because we don't honor those qualities. Right. And that's really what we need more of now. Right. So I think you have to be honest about that. I am with you that it's all about honoring the feminine. And I think 
in this journey of finding more balance because we've been in such a patriarchal masculine space where that's what we've honored. That's all we know. That's the ocean we've been swimming in. We actually all have to put more effort into reclaiming our feminine. We have to put more effort into ease and compassion and softness and love and forgiveness uh, because that's not been part of the main dynamic. Right. And from a leadership standpoint, I think about being creative, being collaborative. collaborative. Like, oh, we had that at the same time, that word. Yeah, Yeah. It's big. And it's, it's not traditionally been what, what we see as strength in leaders, right? We don't, we don't call that out as, as strong, but I mean, you can just look at the state of the world. It is critical now. Mm. They're not just fluffy type of, you know, characteristics. These are, these are, you know, these are qualities that will shift the way the world works and the way, you know, companies exist, the way countries exist, the way organizations, schools, all of it, because um, we have complex problems and it requires collaboration. Which is a feminine and it, energy. Yeah, and it requires both the feminine, masculine, and balance yes. to solve these big, yep. big issues. So it might help uh, our listeners to kind of grasp um, if we do have to put a little bit more consciousness and work on reclaiming our inner feminine. Um, I think it'd be great for both of us to talk about what that has looked like for us. Cause you and I have both been really contemplating this and dipping our toes into this or diving in head first into this. Um, what has it looked like for you to sort of reclaim your feminine sort of heal that inner feminine? I think I've been very detached from it because of the professions I've worked in. And to your point of feeling like to be successful, I needed to, I needed to dress like a man. I needed to, in law, it was very much about like, there was a look. Um, We talked about cutting, my hair was short. Like I, all of it was like designed because I thought that's what I needed to be to be successful in that space. So, um, you weren't wearing legally blonde, um, bright pink. I wasn't. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel connected to Elle Woods. I know. I really think my that. My maiden name is Elle Wood. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think that movie was actually I pretty think, forward thinking. It was. And it actually was an anniversary of that movie recently. And she kind of came out and talked about, Reese Witherspoon did. So thank you, Reese. For, yes, thank you, Reese. For kind of being so far over the edge on it that it really made you think. Mm-hmm. Um but, um, so yeah, so, you know, kind of looking back over my life, um, I had kind of a reckoning, um, and, and then stepping into a really major leadership role during a crisis and realizing what, what qualities I needed to bring to the table to be successful. And I struggled with it in the beginning because I, I was filling someone's shoes and I felt like I have to, I'm filling a man's shoes. Yes. I have to lead like that. I have to, that's what she respected. And absolutely. But I'm, I wasn't him (laughs) and the times were different. And some of the feminine leadership qualities, I feel like became critical during that crisis. So I think part of my journey was stepping into a role and having some freedom to try things And so on a professional level, I was doing that. And then in my personal life, 
I feel like, you know, we, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. It's been like, you know, we're both kind of going through a growth period and, and embracing my feminine in our relationship too, and being more open and receiving and being softer, all of that was kind of happening simultaneously. Mm, So I would say for me, it was, it's, it happened, it's been happening in all realms of my life, but it all started with just the awareness of, wow, I'm really disconnected to this part of me. Yeah. And maybe that's where, that's actually where I will find greater success is by embracing it. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone. I think so many people are disconnected from that mm-hmm. more feminine, nurturing, soft, intuitive, embodied aspect of themselves. Yeah. And it takes practice to, to, mm-hmm. right. To like consistency. You can't just say, I'm now going to be soft. <laughs> I declare it, it's, I've been hard for 40 <laughs> years, but today I choose to, yes. Yeah. So it's practicing it. And I remember you telling me once that often the most powerful person in the room is the quietest. Yeah. Is the most, is the most relaxed. Relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And I the calmest really, nervous system, the calmest mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I often would go into these meetings and have that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I would do a lot of listening and I felt like my voice was heard better when I would be the calmest and kind of come in at the Mm -hmm. end and be thoughtful and be, um, I don't want to say, I guess kind of softer or because I think you can be soft and fierce. Like I would, I have an idea. That's the balance. Right. But, but here it is and I'm delivering it in a way that is authentic to me. And so, um, so yeah, all of those things for me have been coming up in the last few years And I think stepping out, I I was just at a conference, like I said yesterday, and seeing a lot of women that have started businesses and that are stepping into their power. I think that's the best advice for new entrepreneurs, right? That it takes both. Mm. And, and it's critical that you, that you do find the balance in how you build something new. Yeah. Um, you have to be soft with yourself and compassionate with yourself. And it's not easy. No. And you need to reach out to other women and to other others, period, to support you. Um, you need to collaborate. You need to have, um, failure needs to be okay. Like, you learn so much from failure. Yeah. Um, it's not about just the grind. There's, it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. And so, so for me, starting this endeavor, I think it's also, I've been really conscious of it. And there's days when I feel myself in my masculine and sometimes I need to be, I've got to mm-hmm. complete things. I've got to finish this. You proposal. are good at completing stuff. Yeah. But then I step off the list, yeah. but then you can sometimes lose the, the creativity and yeah. the joy and the, those, those parts. If you're only doing that it yeah. that way. So, yeah. So it's just, for me, the journey has been, like I said, both professional and personal and, um, and envisioning, you know, I think when you age too, you start to think, what do I want to feel like, look like, be like as I enter kind of this crone mm-hmm. <laughs> phase mm-hmm. of womanhood? And you almost have to have a picture of yourself and a vision for yourself that you're working toward because... Ooh, what's your picture? Oh, well, I mean, I've obviously grown my hair out way long and... I think there's always this, 
at least for me, like I, I want to embrace that part of, of femininity too, especially having started with, you know, the other way where I was chopping my hair and feeling like I'm in this neat box and my hair was short for like, yeah, until I was 40. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so that, yeah, I see not that there's anything wrong with short hair, my friends. No, no. Um, but, um, I'm cutting it again. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and gray hair, like, you know, looking at thinking about it graying, I just had that conversation uh, with my mom about like her process. And my mom has this beautiful white hair now and she's owning it and, and it, but it was a process to get there. And I, I know I'll be the same way, but, um, yeah. And just, you know, I don't know. I do have an image of myself, I guess. Um, but it's more about how I want to feel than it, than how I look. It's, yeah. it's about how I want to feel in balance and how I want to be living, um, how I want to slow down when I need to slow down and mm-hmm. give myself rest and not be pushing everything so hard that I'm not enjoying it. Um, because life does start to feel a little bit shorter. Yeah. Like, this is the time. Yeah. And so... Yeah, so that's what it's been for me. Beautiful. Yeah, how about, powerful. Yeah, how about you? Well, you said that you you said something about being soft and fierce, and I think that that's what my heroine's journey really looked like. I think my tendency throughout the course of my life has always been towards more softness. I've always been extremely tender and sensitive and intuitive and kind and compassionate and never want to say a harsh word to anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. And, um, so that has been the energy I've led with for most of my life. Although I can see how, uh, some of that energy came from more of self-protection. It was kind of like a fawning energy. Like mm-hmm. if I can just be soft and kind to everyone, then I will stay safe that no one will reject me or harm me because I'm so nice. And so that in and of itself isn't truly authentic because it's coming more from a coping mechanism than from truth. So um, in these last six months of teaching this heroine's journey and really being I mean, I just had to be kind of an open channel that was each week like, all right, where are we taking this? Where are we taking this? And so the energy took me really deep um, just in, in terms of preparing for each class. But what I realized is that um, my fierce energy, which we might call a little bit more that masculine energy, um, had actually was the part that needed healing. So in the heroine's journey, we have to reclaim our feminine. And for many women, we've like your story, we, we lost it because to get ahead and be successful, we, we had to become, you know, more structured and more act, more, um, masculine to be able to, you know, achieve. But the whole heroine's journey is we have to reclaim our feminine and we have to heal our wounded masculine. And so for me, that. I think was my heroine's journey is that I was already in pretty deep touch with my feminine and had been really my whole life, but my masculine was really wounded. And so that meant that I was inherently out of balance. Mm -hmm. And, um, I reflected that my, I think my masculine 
Well, I don't know the exact moment that it really got out of balance, but what started to emerge for me in 2017 was a lot of anger and anger was new to me and it came out right at the Me Too movement. Mm. So Me Too movement started 2017. Actually, Trump was elected fall of 2017. And then at the end of 2017, I think, is when sort of Me Too movement started. Yeah, that fall of about? 2016. 2016 was, election, was then. election. And then, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a culmination of all of this intense, toxic, masculine stuff going on that I started to have all this rage. I started to rage on the interstate. I started to just rage at men. I, and it was really new to me. And I now see that a lot of that rage was coming out of the fact that I, I was also needing to say me too. I had been harmed and, you know, they say half of women have yeah, had sexual had, abuse or have been, um, and I was one of them and hadn't really fully remembered or in, and let myself really be in that space. And so it was stirring up all this anger in me. So I think until maybe this course, maybe until this just last couple of months, my masculine was raging and angry. And so my inner, and it was being projected on every man. It was being projected on my poor husband, right? Who I separated from for a year for many reasons. But like, I can also see that I was in, you know, all like I was in a lot of confusion about my inner masculine. So I would say my heroine's journey has been like taking that pained masculine, that harmed masculine in myself and looking and seeing it in others and like embracing it and using the power of the feminine kindness, compassion, forgiveness, softness, love, ease, relaxation, not knowing, and like applying that to my inner self, my inner masculine, and then applying it to these men in my life. So my relationships with the men in my life have transformed because of my heroine's journey. Wow. Which you wouldn't think, right? You're like, well, this is a this is a journey to reclaim the feminine. Well, it's both because, you know, masculine, feminine are entwined too, right? We we have both of them. So my journey took a little bit of a different mm-hmm. sort of track, but so deeply healing. And I think to sum up where I'm at now with all of this is. My five years of being in anger were really okay. In fact, we did a do you remember we did anger. an episode on anger mm-hmm. that I had gone forty plus years not letting myself feel any of those things. So I had to go into that like that was a part of my development and my growth. I don't regret any of it because it was a part of my awakening. But where I'm at now trying to live in more balance is seeing that. Anger kind of unchecked. I mean, anger is there to motivate us to create change and to make things better. But if you just stay in anger at the patriarchy or at men or at your boss or at your partner or whatever your anger is at, you are stuck. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. And so for me, it was a the anger was really good and necessary. I think it did help me burn through a lot. 
But where I choose to be now is back to where I kind of started, but different, which is softer, intuitive, compassionate, forgiving, easeful, but it's no longer coming from a place of subjugation or that fawning response. It's coming from, this is my reclaimed feminine. And I know that if I have to be fierce, you can be, I can be because I went through that for five years. Mm -hmm. So I can find that fierceness when I need it, but I would rather stay in the power because I actually think love, compassion. In fact, when I taught this class and studied all of this stuff, the feminine energy, the feminine archetypal energy is power. There's more power in that than there is power. It is power. The masculine energy is consciousness. So it's awareness, but the feminine energy is power. So I really feel like women being in their feminine, that's where the power is. And our culture will tell us otherwise because we are in a patriarchal culture. But I think to shift things, we all have to embrace that our power is in softness, compassion, love, space, flow, intuition, like everything we talk about in this podcast. Wow. I can't help but think there is something similar to grief Mm. too. The, the anger acceptance, like all of the stages of grief too. Yeah. That when you get stuck in one of those stages, yeah, you, you can't, and you don't fully move through it. And I think grief is something We've did, we did an episode on that too, but where you, you kind of repeat that cycle. But I, I think it's not just a linear journey and no. I don't think this is either. I, I feel no. like it's, it's a lot of like, a great point. Oh, okay. I, I see myself moving maybe too far this way and, and kind of coming back to center, coming back into balance, um, which you've really done. Like yeah. you were healing, you actually healed your feminine I feel like, and your masculine, yeah, it feels like a totally. little bit of both for you. Totally. Um, and I feel like for me, my heroin journey was reconnecting to my feminine, Yeah. Um, which inevitably when you reconnect with a part of you, you're healing the other part of you. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's that both is, ha- is happening simultaneously. But you make such a good point that I think is really important, which, which I really love about the idea of the heroine's journey is that it is not straight. It is. It is all over the place. It's not linear. It's forward 10 steps, maybe back 20 steps and then forward, right? It's like, and, and we in a culture that has laid out in a patriarchal fashion that there should be clear steps and you follow X, Y, and Z and you get to here. That's not what the feminine energy is about. It's messier. It's messier and seemingly chaotic, but it's It's creative and it's powerful and it's as important and useful as the linear path. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of surrender and letting go into, because as I look at my last couple of years, they were really messy and hard and really hard. I mean, I was like right in that heroine's path. But the messiness was all necessary. Like I can look back and understand, oh yeah, that's why what looked like a misstep. No, it was exactly what had to happen because it it was part of this healing process. And healing can be really messy and nonlinear. And, and dark. And dark. Hard and, and, and 
But on the other side of healing is so much light and awareness and beauty that, um, you know, when you start on that journey, there's times when you think, I don't know why I started on this journey. Like, take me back. Oh, I was, um, so this was a six month course. I was at month three and it was getting really intense for me. And I always, I know that when I choose to open up and teach a course or channel a course or whatever, that it's going to be more intense for me. But I was like, why did I do this? This is too hard. How am I going to keep going? How am I going to do this? And so, yeah, but there's also, that's why we heal in community too. I was going to say I think when you're healing on Mm -hmm. your own, it's too easy to put down, you know, put down the fight and say like, I'm just going to give up. Whereas when you're doing it in community, you see other people also struggling and also chaotically moving through all their stuff. And you're not alone in it. Everyone has, has a journey. Yes. And when they start it, when they, how they choose to go about it, um, it's all an individual choice, but, but you are not alone. We're not alone in Mm -mm. in this. That's part of, it's part of why I think we're talking each week too. And you know, how challenging it can be sometimes to talk about this in a vulnerable fashion. But I think what you and I have agreed upon is that modeling that life is chaotic, including ours. Yeah. We don't have it figured out. And all of that um, is, is freeing for people to hear. Um, Absolutely. Can you share, um, so you had 48 women in the course and two men and two men, Uh two brave men. Can you share just, a little bit about like what the themes were as they, as the course came to an end and what, what yeah. came out. What was really evident is that everyone had felt a major shift or most people that at least spoke up had felt some major shift, but it still was really hard to articulate or put into words what that shift was. Like everyone sensed something has changed in me, um, but I don't quite know what that means or what that looks like yet. And we did this journey in alignment because aligning with the feminine is aligning with cycles and nature. And so we started the journey on the fall equinox, when the light is starting to go away, we went through winter solstice when the light was at its lowest, at least in the northern hemisphere. And then we came out at spring equinox. So it was a full sort of six month journey through the through the darkest half of the year, at least in northern hemisphere. And so I think what everyone kind of realized is that we together as a collective went into the depths. We went into the shadow, which is actually what you're supposed to do in the winter. And the feminine. And the feminine. Yeah, we really, yeah, the feminine is the dark. It's the night. It's the winter. And so we really went in and we faced all of what we found through dream work and through meditation and through contemplation. We really... We embraced our dragons, like we really hugged our dragons. We saw what was there. And then springtime, you come up and out of the shadows, and then you're supposed to go into joy and freedom and space and light. And so one of the women, several people said that they often have seasonal depression in the winter, and they noticed that they didn't have that or it was less And they wondered if it was because they were facing the darkness. 
And then one woman said, you know, it was really hard. I went through a divorce. I went through a job change, but like I did it. And so now it actually feels like I'm going to have a really great spring and summer because I faced it. And so that was kind of what we all agreed upon because collectively we were brave enough to go in and work the shadow and work our wounded children and be with all of that. We made it. And now there's some freedom and joy. And if we wouldn't have faced it, it still would have been there. You know, like we have plenty of opportunities to go back and Mm -hmm. next fall, there'll be another opportunity to, to go in again. Um, but there is a sense of like, oh, now I really can um, enjoy more lightness. It's empowering. Yeah, it's very empowering. And it makes me think from here on out. I mean, I don't know if I'll teach this course again, but I feel like even my approach to fall and winter will be different mm-hmm. because I it, I acknowledge like, yeah, this is the time to go in. This is the time to look at yourself Find where you're stuck, be with it, sit in it, feel the pain if there's pain there. But you don't have to feel the pain all year round. <laughs> That's no. the beauty of the seasons. There's a dark time of the year where we go in, and then there's a light time of the year where we actually come up and out. And I feel that energy very like, much. Do you feel right that now. this week? Yeah. yeah. What have you noticed? Well, I was around a lot of women this week and it felt like there was a bubbling of like excitement and people were talking about new ideas and um, people seem more joyful, (laughs) a little more optimistic and, um, and there's more color coming back in. You know, you also, I always notice that like the, we don't have a lot of green yet, but my daffodils are coming up. Mm-hmm. The yellow is peeking through. And so just nature is coming alive yes. again. And so people are coming alive again. Yeah. And when you're collectively in that space, like those women and two men were, you're coming alive kind of together on top of doing all this work. It's yeah. like seasonally, it, 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 if you're paying attention to that, and I have to say, I... I moved a couple of years ago into the woods, as you know, mm-hmm. and I grew up in nature. I grew up in the woods and I hadn't lived in that type of environment for, I mean, since I was 18. So what is that? I don't like to count 30 years. A long time, Kate. A long time. <laughs> long time. So, but going back into nature again and being faced with the seasons were, are very much in my, I can't ignore them. Yeah. They're right there. And it has been life-giving for me. Like I feel different. Um, I feel more connected to the seasons and nature. And so I think you're right. I think it's, is it also feminine to be connected to those things? Yeah, I was just going to say embracing the feminine. We can do that through nature. We can do that through being more in our body, being with our emotions, being with our intuition. So it makes sense that your connection to nature has really enlivened you and empowered you because that's your reconnection to the feminine. And oh my gosh, Kate, I'm just realizing that your move into the woods just happened in these last couple of years when you've really been on this reclamation of your inner feminine. So there's probably no coincidence there. No. And I remember finding the house and being like, this is it. 
Like yeah. I, the, and it, it house needed a lot of work, but I knew that was the spot. Mm. Like there was a, I was totally drawn to it. And, mm. um, and I didn't know at the time, but now looking back, I think that was all part of what I needed more of to be able to really yeah. connect to myself. Yeah. Um, so it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Well, it's, it's an ongoing journey too. I think it's important to know it you is. don't, you don't like get a certificate of completion. That's, that's like, what I told everyone at the end of this course. <laughs> I'm like, I'm t- sorry to tell you it's not really done. It's never done. Right. You know, it's kind of an ongoing thing, but we're going to put in the show notes. If you're um, kind of curious about the heroine's journey, I'm going to put a whole list of books that would be great to explore, to learn about, um, if you're having a sense of like, yeah, I want to reclaim my feminine or I know I have some inner healing to do. I also just one more little tip. Um, look to your relationship with your mother and father to also understand your relationship to your inner feminine and your inner masculine, because those are your first examples of that. Ooh, yeah, And so that That's can good. give you some clues on maybe where um, there could be some imbalance or where you need to put some more um, energy or awareness great advice. Well, as you know, listeners, every time Betsy and I have a conversation, we like to champion a woman. But this week, we're going to champion 48 women and two men. And those were the people who were in my last six month reclaim course. Um, Many of them, I saw their faces on video each week. Many of them watched videos later. And so I didn't even really see them or interact with them much, but, um, there was a collective energy that was really powerful. And I told everyone, no matter how many classes you attended or didn't attend, you were initiated just by signing up for this. And so I just want to honor everyone who went through that, their process, because the heroine's journey is about going in and down. Hero's journey is about, about going up and out, but the heroine, we have to go inward and we have to go down into the depths and that is hard work. Healing is not <laughs> healing and facing the inner darkness. The inner shadow is not easy work. And I just want to honor each and every one of those people who did just that in their own way um, and reclaimed parts of themselves that really had distanced from. So I'm just really bowing in just honor and gratitude to each of them for also trusting me to, to lead them. So, and yeah, and I will just say, I think it's so aptly named because it doing the healing work allows you to reclaim yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, Thank you, Kate. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland coaching and Heartland yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be 
a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.